But I appreciate you being in the house of the Lord. Revelation chapter number 20, verse number 1. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. He laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. Cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that he must be loosed a little season. I saw thrones and they that sat on them and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus for the word of God and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads for, or in their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power. They shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. When the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison, shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. They went upon the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about the beloved city. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. The devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. And I saw a great white throne. And him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. The books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books, according to their works. The sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. They were judged every man according to their works. Death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Hold your finger there. We're going to come back. Isaiah chapter number 1. Isaiah chapter number 1. God begins to rebuke the children of Israel. He rebukes the southern kingdom of Judah and Jerusalem because their elder sister Ephraim, the ten northern tribes, has gone a whoring after Baal and after Ashtaroth and after other gods of wood and stone. And they know better. They've been taught better and they've seen the folly of their elder sister, but yet they continue in their sin. And God rebukes them in their religion, deals with them and calls them in verse number 10, hear the word of the Lord, ye rulers of Sodom. And he said the rulers in the church, the rulers in the house of God have become the rulers of Sodom. He said, give ear to the law of our God, ye people of Gomorrah. What an insult that a holy God would look at his chosen people and say, you're like Sodom and Gomorrah. 
You've lived so wicked. You've lived like a bunch of dogs. You've acted like there's no God. And he said, I'm going to talk to you that way. The Word of God said, To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices unto me, saith the Lord? I'm full of burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed beasts, and I delight not in the blood of bullocks or lambs or of he goats. When you come to appear before me, who hath required this at your hand to tread my courts? Bring no more vain oblations. Incense is an abomination unto me. The new moons, the Sabbaths, the calling of assemblies, I cannot away with it is iniquity, even the solemn meetings. Your new moons and your appointed feasts, my soul hateth. They're a trouble unto me. I'm weary to bear them. When you spread forth your hands, I will hide mine eyes from you. Yea, when you make many prayers, I will not hear. Your hands are full of blood. From this scripture that I just read and you're hearing this morning, there are basically two types of law in the Old Testament. Number one is moral law. Moral law has never changed. It's just as alive and well today as it ever has been. Thou shalt not kill is just as much a commandment of God today as it ever was. Thou shalt not commit adultery is just as much a commandment of God today as it ever was. Every law that God dealt with in these passages of Scripture that are read you here this morning is not moral law. It's ceremonial law. The blood, the bulls, the goats, the heifers, all of that ceremony of coming into the temple. And what God said was that you've turned everything about my law and my judgment into a big ceremony. And God said, I'm so sick of your ceremony, I'm about to puke on you. If you don't believe that, you go to Revelation chapter 3 and you'll find the church at Laodicea. And the word of God said, God said it would spew them out of his mouth. You study that Greek word rendered spew, it means vomit. God said, I'm sick of your ceremony. You've gone through the ritual, you've gone through the motions, you've gone through the routine, but you don't know God. And what you've done, the word of God said, you've got blood on your hands. They've not been at battle. They've not been in a war. And they've not been accused of murder. But God said you have blood on your hands. Therefore, when you pray and you cry to me, I will not hear you for the blood that streams down your hands. What's God saying? The blood of the innocent ones that you've led as lambs to the slaughter. That you have taught a form of godliness denying the power thereof. The ones you've taught your little ritual to come in on Sunday morning and waste 20 minutes going through the motions before a spirit-filled Sunday school teacher can stand up and tell you what the Bible says. The 20 minutes that you waste going through all the little motions and all the little routine and we got to stand up and do this and do that and everybody understands the motion and the ritual and I love you and I appreciate what you do but God knows your hearts and you do too. You've learned how to go through this thing and you know how to do it. And we're going to sing two songs here and take up an offering. Going to sing two songs over here. And if you've got half a brain in your head, you can pick out one of what them two songs is going to be before we ever get in the building. 
folks got used to going through the ritual, going through the motion, going through the routine. And I'm not rebuking you over that this morning. Your routine might not be too bad if it's got God in it. But what God rebuked the children of Israel was, He said, you're going through the motion, you're going through the routine, but you don't have any God about it. And what you've wound up doing is you've led multitudes to slaughter. And they're going to die and go to hell because they learned your little routine. They learned your little ritual. They learned how to fit in with the ceremony, Brother Jesse, but they did not learn anything about God. And if God will be my helper, I'm going to talk to you about standing at the great white throne judgment with hands full of blood. I've got a lot to say this morning. If you're in a hurry to get to the house, you may as well leave now. When you get Revelation chapter number 20 and verse number 1, you see the Lord Jesus Christ here is returned in power and great glory in the battle of Armageddon. He brings the redeemed children of God with him on white horses. He speaks the word at the battle of Armageddon and then you see a time where Jesus Christ rides down the east street of Jerusalem on a battle stallion, sits upon the throne in the temple takes the throne of his father David and fulfills a covenant with David and a covenant with Israel, sets up a millennial kingdom for 1,000 years on planet earth. After the seven years tribulation are finished, Jesus Christ will rule with a rod of iron. Those who served him faithfully will rule with him. During that thousand years, there are mortal beings on planet earth. During that thousand years, men will be born on planet earth. At the end of that thousand years, Satan will be loosed for a little season. You see, during the millennial reign, men will be ruled with a rod of iron. They have no choice but to serve God. And when you get to the end of this thousand year millennial reign, when Satan's loosed out of his prison for a little season... Men are given a blessed opportunity to make a choice. God allows them to choose if they want to serve Jesus Christ or serve themselves. And at the end of that period of time, you see the battle of Gog and Magog in which fire and brimstone rains down out of heaven. And Peter describes it as the heavens and the earth being on fire. And this world as we know it will be destroyed by fire. There will be nothing left. There will be no place to run. There will be no place to hide. The Word of God in Revelation 20 tells us that death and hell give up the dead. The sea give up the dead which are in it. Death speaks of the physical body. The sea speaks of the physical body. There are two places for a human body after death. Number one is in the earth or number two is in the sea. There are human bodies in the earth and human bodies in the sea. The word of God says death will give up those that are in her. The word of God says hell will give up those that are in her. Hell has nothing to do with a physical body. Hell is the holding place for the souls of men who have rejected Jesus Christ. And at this time, the damned souls that have screamed in the torments and the regions of the damned will be brought forth out of their holding place and once again reunited with their human body to stand before God in judgment.
You sin against God in a physical body. You reject the wooing of the Holy Spirit of God in a physical body. You spit in the face of Jesus Christ in a physical body. You say no to the blessed Holy Ghost in a physical body. You make a mockery of the things of a holy God in a physical body. You will stand in judgment in a physical body. You will be reunited with your body. A literal multitude, an ocean of humanity will stand before God. And heaven and earth will try to flee away and try to find a place to go. And all of the elements will be destroyed with fire and there's no place to run and there's no place to hide. Men who screamed in the regions of the damned for nearly 6,000 years like that wicked Cain will be brought forth to judgment. Men have been in the charred walls of the dam. They've heard the screams. and They've been tormented by the beast that torment in hell. They've been tormented by the screams and sucked the smoke into their lungs. And now for a few moments they'll be brought before the holiness of God. And the word of God said the book was open and the books were open. At least three books at this judgment will be open. Men are about to stand before the holiness of God to be judged. The word of God says from whose face the heavens and the earth fled away. The word of God tells us in Isaiah chapter number 6 that the very angels that stand before the presence of God and worship God day and night have six wings. With twain they cover their face. With twain they cover their feet. With twain they do fly. And the word of God tells us that a very angel that's never had a dirty thought, an angel that's never done a wicked deed, an angel that spent all of its created life bowing in the presence of God. The holiness of God is so powerful that that angel would not be able to stand before God without the covering of his wings over him. An angel that's never sinned, an angel that's never said an ugly word would not be able to stand in the presence of God without a covering. Yet man will be brought out of the region to the dam to stand naked. Before the holiness of God, men will curse and men will scream. And hell will seem like a vacation in paradise compared to the presence of the holiness of God. Men would give anything to stay in the torments of the damned. Men would do anything to stay in the dark flames of the regions of hell rather than stand and have to face God in judgment. When I was a child, Brother Jesse, I'd rather take ten beatings than to have to look at my daddy or my mama in judgment. Men will be brought forth to stand before the God you sinned against, the God you rejected, the God you made fun of. You'll stand before him in judgment. Let me just tell you what the Bible says. I'm not interested in opinions. I'm not interested in what your granny thought. I'm going to tell you this morning by the help of God what this King James Bible says about what you'll face in the great white throne judgment. In a judgment there will be witnesses. Deuteronomy chapter number 17 says that a thing is established in the mouth of two or three witnesses. The Bible says the books were open and one of those books is the book of life. 
I believe it's doctrinally correct. I believe it's theologically sound that every man, woman, boy, or girl ever born of woman was written in the Lamb's book of life the day you were conceived in your mother's womb. Your name's been there. And you're given an opportunity and the Holy Ghost of God gives light. The Holy Ghost of God gives a drawing opportunity. There comes a day where a man or a woman says no to the Holy Ghost for the last time. And God strikes your name from the book of life. That's one book that's there. There is a book of remembrance. Malachi chapter 3 verse 16. The Word of God says, They that feared the Lord spake often one to another. The Lord hearkened and heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. God's keeping a record of everything you say and do that pertains to Jesus Christ. If you're saved and glorify God, God's got a record. Brother Jesse, if every time you ever sat with your brothers and magnified the Lord Jesus and edified the children of God, bragging on the name of the Son of God, God wrote it down. God ain't forgetting. God's keeping up with it. But this morning you do foolishness and foolish gesture with the Bible says is not convenient. You have things that come out of your tongue, out of your mouth that's poison. The Word of God said God's keeping a record. Matthew chapter number 12 verse 36. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. God will bring your country boy cussing out that day. God will bring the evil things you've said against your neighbor, against your brother, against the preacher, and against the church. And it'll all come out and God's keeping a record. There'll be another witness at this judgment. There will be the word of God. John 12, 48. He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken... The same shall judge him in the last day. That word of God will stand up and testify. There wouldn't be much of a court and much of a judgment without testimony. John 5, 39 said, Search the scripture, for in them ye think ye have eternal life. They are they which testified me. Matthew 12, 41, the Word of God said, The men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonah and behold, a greater than Jonah is here. The queen of the south shall rise up in the judgment with this generation and shall condemn it for she came from the uttermost part of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. Behold, a greater than Solomon is here. There will be witnesses at the great white throne judgment of God. I've mentioned this here before. There's no doubt whatsoever as men and women that sat in Flint Hill Baptist Church said no to the wooing of the Holy Ghost of God stands before God in judgment. And say, God, what about this and what about that? What about some other thing? But I believe in that great white throne judgment of God, God will stand up little Allison. 
God will stand up little Miss Marcy and God may stand up little Miss Tanya and say, look, this same Holy Ghost of God that drew them, this same Holy Ghost of God that broke their hearts, this same Holy Ghost of God that wooed and brooded over them and gave them an opportunity is the same Holy Ghost that called you and you said no. There will be witnesses. God's holy and God's judgment's holy. You fixing to go to judgment this morning. You ready? There'll be witnesses. The Word of God teaches us that God in His tenderness will even give man a defense. Allow man an opportunity to even stand and speak for himself that day in Matthew chapter 7. Verse number 21, the Word of God says, Not everyone that saith to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven, many will say to me in that day. In what day? The great white throne judgment. Jesus is going to let them speak. That's what the Word of God says, Brother Jesse. Many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? Thy name have cast out devils, and thy name done many wonderful works. Then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. You would think that it would be reasonable. You would think that it would be prudent. You would think that it would just be common sense that any man brought before the judgment of God in the great white throne would fall on his face before God and beg and plead for mercy and cry and weep bitter tears and scream and pitch a fit. But the Word of God says that there will be religious men that are so deceived... They are so deceived that after they've been brought from the regions of the damned and reunited with their physical body would have the brashness to stand in the face of a holy God and say, God, you made a mistake. God, don't you know I taught Sunday school. God, I was on a deacon board. God, I was a preacher's wife. God, don't you know? They'll do it, brother. God said, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work in you. God give you a say-so. We ain't in no hurry. We've got all of eternity. All of the entire world saved and lost from the beginning of time are there. Millions and billions and billions of people. God's not in any hurry. The Word of God says there'll be a judgment. There'll be a judge and there'll be a jury. 1 Corinthians chapter number 6. Paul tells the church, Know ye not that ye shall judge angels and the world. And at that judgment, at the great white throne judgment of God, there'll be a judgment bar, a place that sinners will have to come before and have to stand before God before that bar to be judged. And on the other side of that judgment bar will be the redeemed, born-again children of God that sit with God in judgment. That's what your Bible says. The Word of God teaches that every man, woman, boy, or girl seated in this building this morning will be there on one side or the other of that judgment bar. I know people don't want to hear that. They want to act like that don't exist. I've come to the conclusion that we really don't believe what we think we believe. 
Because if you really believe that this morning, I believe it might make you act different. This judgment will be a day of secrets. Ecclesiastes 12, 14, For God shall bring every work into judgment and every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Luke 8, 17 says, For nothing is secret that shall not be made manifest, neither anything hid that shall not be known and come abroad. Luke 12, 2 says, For there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, neither hid that shall not be known. In Ezekiel chapter number 8, Almighty God takes Ezekiel and tells him to dig into the walls. Ezekiel begins to dig into the wall. Stay with me this morning. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to be the best friend you ever had. Everybody, every Tom, Dick, and Harry coming up down the road calling himself a preacher, I ain't going to stand up and tell you what I'm trying to tell you this morning. I'm trying to help you. I do not want you to look at me one day and say, Preacher Mike, why did you not tell me this? I mean, why would you such a coward, lily-livered, do-nothing that you'd come into pulpit and, and, and sprinkle a little rose water around, act like everything's all right, and not tell me I'm going to have to stand before God in judgment one day. I ain't trying to scare you. I ain't trying to make you join the church, get baptized, and do nothing else. I'm trying to tell you what that King James Bible says. You're going to judgment. Wouldn't it be a good thing if somebody loved you enough to let you know you're fixing to go to judgment? The Word of God said in Ezekiel chapter 8 that God told Ezekiel to dig in the wall. And Ezekiel began to dig in the wall and began to see the ancients of the house of Israel, the elders. And he saw what they did and the wickedness. And the Word of God said, Ezekiel, seest thou? What is in the chambers of their imagery? God showed Ezekiel what was in their imagination. What are you going to hide before God? What little secrets is it that you're trying to cover up? Preacher Mike may not see it. I'm half blind anyway. Your wife may not see it. Your husband may not see it, but Almighty God that day in front of all of humanity, the Word of God said, God has the power to let men see your imagination. It's a day of secrets. They're coming out. My soul, wouldn't you rather deal with it now? Secrets. Nothing hid. It'll be a day of separation. You say, Preacher Mike, what about people that never heard the gospel before? Preacher, what about people that never heard preaching? Pygmies in Africa, Romans chapter 1, verse 18 addresses that. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth and unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. God said you ought to be able to look at the sunrise every morning and know there's a God in glory. And God judges men based on the light you've been given. And the more light you've been given, the more responsible you are. 138 separate cultures in the world today. 
138 separate cultures in the world today have a story, a legend of a man in a boat with a bunch of animals. The Indians in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada have a legend of a man in a boat with a bunch of animals. An Indian tribe in Alabama has a legend of a man surviving a flood with a bunch of animals. Where did they get that? Because when Shem, Ham, and Japheth got off of Noah's Ark, every man in creation had the word of God. God will hold them accountable. You won't back up and say, God didn't tell me. It's a day of separation. God will separate light from darkness, good from evil. God will separate those that rejected light from those that received it. Well, I tell you, if God starts shining a little light in my heart, I'd move towards it. I'd get as close to it as I could and say, God, shine your light on me now before this day gets there. It's a day of separation. Titus 2.11 says, For the grace of God that brings salvation hath appeared unto all men. It's a day of sanctification. Philippians 2.10 says that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow. The things in heaven, things in the earth, and things under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You may not bow to God here, and you may not bow to God in this altar, and you may not bow in this world, but you will bow. You won't have any problem getting on your knees that day. It's a day of sanctification, Revelation 3.9. It says, Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews and are not, but do lie, to bow before thee and worship, and to know that I am God. That means, Brother Wesley, when you sit on that side of God's judgment bar with Jesus Christ in judgment, when the world comes, when the scoffers that walked in Flint Hill Baptist Church and made fun of old-time religion, made fun of the ways of God, made fun of the preaching of the Word of God, made fun of these precious little new converts that stood up crying and slobbering and snotting, bragging on what Jesus did for them and, and just so full of God they need to stand up and tell what God did for them. God said He'll make them scoffers, Brother Wesley, have to bow down at your feet and worship Jesus Christ and say He loved you. That's exactly what your King James Bible says is going to take place that day. It's a day of separation. It's a day of sanctification. It's a day secrets will be revealed. You say, Brother Mike, why would you even have a judgment? No one in this judgment's brought forth to see whether they're saved or lost. That ain't what it's for. This judgment is to determine the degree of punishment in the lake of fire. God's just and God's holy. Everybody don't get the same punishment. You think an Osama bin Laden or a Jeffrey Dahmer is going to get the same judgment as some little pygmy in Africa is going to get? No, sir. How's God based that? Based on light. Based on what you knew to do and didn't know to do. Whether you knew to do right and didn't, the Word of God says to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Why even have a judgment? Matthew chapter 23, verse 13. But woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. For you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men, and you do neither go in yourselves, neither suffer you them that are entering to go in. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. For you devour widows' houses, and for penance make long prayers. 
Therefore, you shall receive the greater damnation. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you can pass sea and land and make one proselyte. When he's made, you make him twofold more the child of hell than yourself. You see, what one of the bad things about this judgment is very simply this. There's folks that you've been in Flint Hill Baptist Church for years. And I love you and I care about you and I ain't your judge. God knows. There's some of you ain't a bit more got no spiritual discernment than you, the man on the moon. You say you're saved, born in the Spirit of God, you ain't a bit more got a testimony than the man on the moon. And you've taught people how to do your ritual. You've taught people how to serve their little jobs and their little offices in this church. You know a bit more know God than you know nothing. And one day you're going to stand before God and be judged at the great white throne judgment. But the blood that will drip from your hands is these other ones that come along in your footsteps and followed your ritual, followed your ceremony. I apologize to you. I'm very sorry. And I've said this before and I'll say this again. I'm going to keep saying it. Brother Wesley, religion almost sent me to hell, buddy. Seeing a bunch of Pharisees, a bunch of folks in church that didn't know God playing around with the holy things of God. And you know what I thought, Richard? I'm as good as they are. Guess what? I was as good as they are. There's just as lost as I was. There's just faithful in church, taught Sunday school, sung in the choir, did their little thing. But you're going to see a multitude that are going to stand before God and say, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? Have we not done many mighty works in thy name? And Jesus said, I never knew you. Who required you to tread my courts? Who required you to bring me a sacrifice? I don't even know who you are. And you see what the lost community, Jason, today don't understand is when they look at a bunch of hypocrites in church and they see a bunch of playing and messing around and a bunch of phony baloney, them folks ain't saved. But I'm telling you, God has given you enough folks in your presence that you've seen they're real. You know God changed them. You know God made them different. You know God changed some old dope dealers, some old drugs and whores and dope pens in this building. And God made them different. You can't deny that. You can't deny it. You can go to hell with them hypocrites if you want to. There's folks in here, God's changed. And all you've got to do is look around. You know there's something real to this. Luke chapter number 12, verse 46, said the Lord of that servant will come in a day when he looketh not for him. At an hour when he's not aware and will cut him in sunder and will appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. That servant which knew his Lord's will and prepared not himself, neither did according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes. Listen to this. I'm telling you about folks that ain't never said in a preacher. But he that knew not and did commit things worthy of stripes, shall be beaten with few stripes. For unto whomsoever much is given, to him shall be much required. And to whom men have committed much, to him they will ask the more. God will judge men at the great white throne judgment of God based on the light you've received. Based on the times the Holy Spirit of God has spoke to your heart. There's folks, and I believe this with all my heart, they would say, Preacher Mike, I'd come if God would call me. There's some that may be very honest about that, but there's some that would say that. And you know just as good as you're sitting here this morning, God has called you. You've hypocrited your way through this thing. and You've said, if God calls me, I'll come. God's called you. We're going to find out one day whether he's called or not. 
God's going to make it manifest. Matthew chapter 11, verse 20. Then began he to upbraid the cities wherein most of his mighty works were done because they repented not. Woe unto thee, Chorazin, woe unto thee, Bethsaida, for if the mighty works which had been done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I say unto you, it shall be. Listen, this is what your Bible says. It shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon in the day of judgment than for you. And thou Capernaum, which art exalted unto heaven, shall be brought down to hell. For if the mighty works which have been done in thee had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I say unto you that it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for thee. I'm not being crude. I'm not being lewd. I'm not being ugly. I'm just being plain. I believe plain English is easy understood. Your King James Bible said that if you die from Flint Hill Baptist Church here in the Word of God and the Holy Ghost of God nudging your little heart, when you meet God in judgment, God consigns you to the lake of fire for eternity. Your judgment will be worse than the queers and lesbians in Sodom and Gomorrah. God said they were an abomination and God said that they literally made the earth sick that the earth vomited. That's what the Word of God says. And God said if you sit and you hear the Word of God and you reject the wooing of the Holy Spirit, Sodom and Gomorrah will get more mercy in the day of judgment than you will. More. How is that, preacher Mike? Because God judges this thing based on life. When you started coming, little Miss Linda, God gave you a little bit of light. I've been in the dark for a while. I've been looking around. I ain't seen nothing real. But I believe I've caught a glimmer of something that might be real. And instead of running, I watched you service after service make your way up to this altar and weep and pray and cry. And you weren't trying to get away from the light. You were trying to get to it. I watched some of you. God set a light before you instead of running from it. You tried to get closer. He said, I don't know just what to do. I don't know just what to say. I don't know how to pray. I don't know what to do. But I want to get closer. I want it. I want what changed Wesley. I want what changed Jesse. I want what changed Miss Tony. I want it. God judge you based on light. And the more light he's given you, the more guilty you are. Praise God, it ain't time to pray. I'm preaching up here. It's time to look up here. I know you don't want to look at me. I know that. I'm telling you, fix to go to judgment. I ain't your enemy. I ain't mad at you. I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I'm trying to tell you, you're going to go to hell if you keep messing around. You're going to have to meet God in judgment. Well, preacher, you ain't so smart and you ain't so spiritual. No, I ain't too smart and I ain't too spiritual. Brother Jesse, I have got enough sense. I did settle out of court. Right. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. When the darling Son of God hung on Calvary's tree in the darkness of those three hours from the sixth to the ninth hour that his soul was baptized in hell and God Almighty took his wrath out on the sinless Son of God because he took my sin. Now if Jesus paid for my sins, why would I want to be fool enough to try to pay for them too? All I had to do was believe him. 
All I had to do was come when he called. That's what the Word of God said in Isaiah chapter number 1. I read a while ago. Jesus rebuked him and said, You're bad as Sodom and Gomorrah. Coming into church, playing pious and religious and acting like you know God and you don't know God and you're going to go to hell. And you know what Jesus said? Jesus said, Come. Let us reason together. That's what he said. Read the next verse. Come. Let us reason together. You know why men go to hell? They won't come. Literally stay in the dark. Play their little games. Sit in their little pew. Stay in their little place. Keep their little position. Never be embarrassed. Never have their feelings hurt. Don't come. Sit where you are. Stay where you are. Do whatever it is you want to do. But when you meet God in judgment, I want you to know, preacher Mike told you, and I love you, and I'm not your enemy. There's some of you came in this church for a few times. You come in, you hated my guts. You wish I was dead and in hell. You know that's true. You did. You hated me. But I wasn't your enemy, buddy. I knew you was going to judge me one day. I try to tell you that because I know you're going. And I know I'm going to be there, Doug. I'm going to have to watch this thing. Thank God I'll have a glorified body. That's real good, Chris. But the Word of God says that God wiped away all tears in Revelation 21. We're in chapter 20. The tears ain't gone yet. There'll be broken hearts. A preacher several years ago from down in Mississippi talked about going to a courtroom that they'd asked him to come to and a judge had asked him to come sit quietly. He said, this is family court, it's closed court. Can you be quiet? Can you be still and just sit without emotion and listen? And he said he went to that family court and they brought this young woman in who was hooked on drugs. She'd abused her children. She'd had some old boy living with her and that boy took one of them children and got it down and stomped him with the heel of his cowboy boots. And they brought those children in that courtroom in that closed family court and they brought that mother in. That judge says, do you have anything to say for yourself? And that mother said, I don't know what to say and couldn't say anything. And the judge says, I'm taking your children. They're the wards of the state. He said, when that judge said that, that woman began to string tears and bawl and her little children ran and grabbed her around the neck and the bailiff took those children and they went out of that room screaming and hollering and finally the judge said, wait a minute, wait a minute, stop, wait. Everybody calm down just a minute. He said, Mama, go. Hug your babies by. Tell them you love them. Comfort your youngins and tell them by. I don't know what it'll be like, Brother Jesse. I don't know what it'll be like when I have to stand on that side of the judgment and I watch some folks I love with all my heart come in out of this building. I called your name. Praying for you and I loved you. God said he turned it in the lake of fire and you got nothing to say. One of God let me hug you let one more time before you go. Do you understand you're going to judgment, folks? Nah, you don't understand. I don't think you understand. But I won't keep telling you. No secrets, nothing hid. Every little old girl that was a teller at the bank is going to be there. 
Every little old cashier at the grocery store is going to be there. Them kids that poke your groceries are going to be there. You're going to stand on that side, Brother Wesley. How many of them are you going to look at and wish I'd have done different? Miss Allison, how many of them are you going to look at and say, I, I knew them. I wish I could have spoke to them. I wish I could have told them. I wish I'd have given them a CD and I was scared. God nudged my heart to tell my testimony and I was afraid. Then you might stand there with their blood dripping off your hands. We're fixing to go, buddy. It's going to be quicker than you think. Are you ready? Heads bowed and eyes closed while we wait just a minute. I'm not mad at you. I'm not trying to trick you into the altar. I'm not trying to trick you into joining the church. How sweet, how lovely that Jesus would love me enough that He'd take my judgment so I wouldn't have to. All I had to do was humble my heart before Him. Those folks are already making their way in this altar. Miss Lori, I want you to come. You can get here this morning.